Hey, Chuck, when it comes to sex, have you noticed there are two types of nice guys? Mm, no, tell me about it. There's type one. At the beginning, he right. gets lots of sex, everything is going well, and then something happens along the line, maybe after a few months or a year or so, it's the dead bedroom, right? So that's type one. Uh, yeah. And there's type two. He's the one who gets no sex because he's ruined. Okay, well, how about we do this? Let's talk about the five reasons why nice guys settle for bad sex on today's podcast. Do you ever wonder, why do I always seem to give so much more than I get? All I want is to be appreciated and loved. Is that asking too much? Why do all the jerks get the hot girls while I get stuck in the friend zone? When will it ever be my turn? If this sounds like you, you're in the right place. Welcome to the Nice Guy Show. This is the podcast that asks the question, how do I break free from the nice guy syndrome so I never have to come in last again? Now here are your hosts, Faisal Coker and Chuck Chapman. Hey guys, welcome to the Nice Guy Show. My name is Chuck Chapman. I'm here with my co-host, Faisal Coker, and we're going to talk about the five reasons why nice guys settle for bad sex. And if you're a nice guy, you probably know what I'm talking about. You know, where you you tend to just kind of like any sex is better than no sex and bad sex is, is, is like that kind of sex that just well, leaves you a little empty or like you're not getting any sex at all because you're a nice guy. And so I just want to talk about that and share our reasons why we feel uh, that the things that we've experienced in our relationships, the things we've experienced with maybe some of our clients um, and help you figure out what are the reasons you're settling for bad sex, but also what you can do to get better sex? You know, Chuck, as, 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 you, were, yeah. as you were talking about this, I was going, oh, my God, I'm cringing about <laughs> some, some of the stuff I've heard about sex and the struggles. And this is a big problem. This is a problem that not, is. you know what, not many people addresses. There's a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of stuff that's hidden underground, and it'd be really good to talk mm -hmm. about some of the experiences that you know, you know, you and I've had, <laughs> not together, of course. <laughs> <laughs> not but, that there's anything wrong with yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> but the experiences, you know, our clients have had, and just sharing all those. All right, so let's talk about the top five reasons why nice guys settle for bad mm -hmm. sex. They have a really bad sex life, right? First of all, before we yeah. start this, Chuck. Yeah. Have you ever ex been in a situation where you've experienced not so great sex? A lot of the sex that I had early on in my life, while I, you know, before I worked on my nice guy stuff, I would say the vast majority of that was probably pretty bad sex. You know, when you said yeah. bad, how about you? Yeah, okay. When you said bad, what do you mean by bad? What does what does that mean? Bad sex for me is sex where I'm not feeling a sense of connection where I'm not feeling like um, there's much point to it, um, where it's it's just less than satisfying, you know? Mm. And I think sometimes it's nice because we, we get into a relationship and it's really going well at first, but then after a while it just gets kind of dull and boring. And, and then... You know, maybe she doesn't want to have sex. And so bad sex ends up being like no sex. And 
then you tend to just resolve yourself to, you know, doing what you've always done, hoping that things are going to change. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you you. Yeah. What does bad sex mean to you? It's like going to a really good restaurant and then getting mediocre food. You know, that's what it's like. You know, you have this, you know, aesthetically pleasing person or maybe, you know, you're attracted to, and then, you know, you're, you have all these expectations and then it's like, ah, well, yeah, that was, that was okay. And, you know, it might be something on your side. It might be something on her side, but it just leaves you with, like you said, there's a disconnect. It was like, ah, Mm. so it's not, yeah, it's, it's that emotional feeling of when you feel like, oh, that wasn't a great meal. That wasn't a great sex. So that's kind of mm-hmm. bad sex to me. So shall we have a look at the five reasons, the top five reasons why we think? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the top five. Let's have a look at number one. Top five. Right. So number one. Poor seducers and they're mechanical or boring. So nice guys are poor seducers and they're mechanical and boring. All right. So what does that mean? Like, a, what does it mean to be a poor seducer? Here's the thing. <laughs> this is my experience as well with nice guys. Yeah. Right? When it comes to attraction, when it comes to women, it's very logical. It's mm. it's very logical. It's very practical. There is no seduction. And I think I see this a lot. Men are losing the art of seduction. Men are losing the flavor, the taste, the richness of seduction. In my experience, women want to be seduced. Women, if you look, if you read any erotic novel, you read any romance novel, right? I don't know if you've read an erotic novel or not. Have you? I, I not, not right. That I'll, I can I'll send you. Up that okay, right. Well, I'll, I'll send you a few. Right? Send you a few. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll send it, guys. If you want a copy, just send, send me a message. I'll send you a few. Right? I recommend a few. Yeah. And in the erotic novel, the whole thing about before they go to sex, before they go to bed. There's a whole kind of like story to it. There's kind of like, there's a drama mm. that's unfolding. Mm. There's seduction. There's a story that's unfolding when it gets to sex. Yeah. For us guys are like, so it's kind of the, the revving things up. It's, it's the, it's the like moving from point A to point B, but like, you know, not just like, like, let's just get down to the, you know, the sex part. There's all that kind of like stuff before that, builds up the juice and the anticipation and all yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, yeah, it's like going to a restaurant yeah. and it's like, right, here's my food, select this, boom, boom, chuck it down, and then let's go. Yeah. That, that's what, For sure. So that's what I mean by nice guys. How about you? What, what do you think uh, poor seducers? And well, I think, I think kind of like nice guy 101 here is that we want to be seen as nice guys. We want to be seen from all the other men, seen different from all the other men, Yeah. right? Um, we don't want to be seen as that jerk who's just, you know, he's just out for sex, right? And so we come into a relationship pretending like we don't really want sex. We're not like all the other guys. Hoping that what will happen is that she will see me as as being like different and and want to have sex with me because I'm a different kind of guy. I don't just want sex. But the reality is, is that I do want sex, yeah. you know? And it's funny because I think, you know, when you go and approach a woman, she knows why you're there. the reason you're approaching her <laughs> is because you want to 
have sex eventually, You want to right? see her naked. <laughs> yeah. You want to see her naked. And yet we go and we pretend like, oh, no, that's not me. I'm not that kind of guy, you know. I, and and then because we show up as, you know, a different kind of guy who doesn't just want sex all the time, what ends up happening is we get into a relationship where there isn't a lot of sex and it's not happened a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And I think that comes from an internalized fear of rejection. You know, nice guys are terrified of rejection. So if I go out there and I say, hey, you know, you know, try to go through the seduction process or, you know, be romantic, yeah. what have you, is that she's going to see us as being a jerk, right? And is going to reject us because we're just like every other guy. And so our fear is that we're going to get rejected. And so we don't come to the table, so to speak, with our card showing. Instead, we tend like, Oh no, 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 that's, that's, that's not me. I'm not, I'm not like all the other guys. Yeah. And that's, that, that is how I was for the vast majority of my. Me too. Um, I've the seduction yeah, I've, phase I've, of my life. I've done the same thing. It's so embarrassing because she instinctively, right. From, from evolution psychology, she knows why you're talking to her. That's what we're designed for. So you're going there mm-hmm. with the premises of, oh, you know what? I'll, I don't want sex and I don't want to, you know, let her know the real reason why I'm talking to her because come on, let's, let's be direct and let's be honest here. Mm-hmm. If she wasn't mm-hmm. attracted, if you weren't attracted to her, chances are you're not going to go and talk to her. If she was like, you know, 500 pounds, not the greatest looker, last thing you'll be doing right is not going to be approaching her. So let's just get real here. And the reason why you're approaching her, because you do want to see her naked. You do want to have sex with her. You are attracted to her. Own it. So a lot of nice guys mm-hmm. have this disconnect. And, but she knows the reason why you mm-hmm. And I think that's why she builds this distrust. That's why she rejects it more. Because you're coming with, with an intention of wanting to know me, not for more than just a, the conversation or the, what you're selling. But you're pretending you don't. So she always feels this instinctual dist- uh, distrust. I've done this so many times, you know, I'll, I remember because I was a tech nerd. <laughs> so my seduction skills were, Hey, let me fix your machine. Does your computer have any problems? Mm. Right? Yeah. That was, <laughs> come on. This yeah. was, this was the tech. I'll get the bugs out. <laughs> this was like technical support. One Oh one. Do you have any problems? Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Is that hard drive having some problems there? <laughs> right. <laughs> so that was my some of my seduction skills. I would use trying to fix her as a way to mm-hmm. seduce her. So what changed? How do you how do you approach someone now? Like when if you're you know you're a single guy, so you approach w- women. Uh, um, like how do you how do you change that? How do you turn that around? So I'm very direct. It's not like hey, yeah. I want to sleep with you. Sleep yeah, yeah, it's. I would start flirting. I would start to have intentional flirting. I will see if there's any feedback. Then I'll, you know, start to amplify the flirting. Whereas, whereas before, I wouldn't amplify the flirting. I would make it very sensual or sexual. I'd just keep it very friends, and uh, she knows that we're having fun. But you know, I would just keep it at that pace. Oh, don't want it to go towards sex. And also, I didn't know how to handle it. And there was, there was a lot of stuff mm. that, you know, we can definitely talk about in some of the other reason. So we've got fear of rejection, right? So fear of rejection, that's huge. 
That's for you. Yeah. It's probably the number one reason why I think we have a hard time approaching women. Yeah. So fear of rejection. I are doing most, most things in our life come, come around because we're, we're afraid of being rejected. Yeah. And I don't want to upset her. I don't want her to reject me. If I say something, here's the thing. Nice guys, they're so laid back as in passive that they don't want to push that as soon as they feel like they've heard so many times in the world that, oh, these bad boys, these jerks, they're so pushy. So when they hear that message, I don't want to be that jerk. I don't want to be that pushy. I want to be the separate guy. So then I won't have to face any rejection. So Chuck, here's another reason, right? And this kind of follows on from, you know, I don't want to be like the other guys. I don't want to be pushy. Reason number two, right? Afraid to lead and be dominant. Nice guys are mm. afraid to lead and be dominant. And they don't want to get rejected. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So I, I think that that, Again, nice guys, their number one fear is, is I'm not lovable, acceptable, just the way that I am. So if I bring any kind of sexual energy or kind of maybe like, like some, some dark sexual energy that I'm going to get rejected, you know, I'm going to be, I'm going to be shamed for wanting to have the desire for having sex. And, and I think it's a really important piece that, that I've learned anyway, is that you have to bring some dark energy Ooh. into the into the bedroom what is that and what by is... dark energy i'm not talking i'm just talking like you know it's like the, it's the it's the taboo it's like just kind of touching on the 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 things that are maybe a little taboo or risque or something like that okay so you know it's... you know that titillating feeling that yeah you so get. it's not sex with the lights off like not that kind of sex no it's just not sex with the lights <laughs> yeah. off exactly uh, yeah yeah dark sex. yeah that if you you've, you've got to bring that in because if you you know, sex without a little bit of dark energy is like a, is like music without a bass line. You know, there's just that underlining tone. You don't really hear the bass so much as you feel it. Right. It's kind of it's food without it's, it's food without spices, right? This is what it is. No yeah, salt. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you gotta bring some yeah. darkness into it. It's kind of like edge. There's, there's gotta be some rather- the edge. Yeah, you just kind of bring a little bit of edge, right? You literally gotta bring yeah. your balls to it. Excuse the pun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right all right so dark yeah. so dark energy what else what else do we need to bring to be to lead and to be dominant because nice guys are afraid of this again because we're afraid of rejection we will oftentimes let her take the lead and and and, and that may actually makes a lot of sense in sort of the you know current environment like the the me too and the you know getting sexual consent and all of that type of stuff that guys can be kind of afraid of like, you know, moving too fast or moving forward um, in a way that, uh, you know, she doesn't feel safe, but we also have to um, be assertive because when we're not, what happens is we're, instead of being assertive, we're receptive. And whenever you're in the receiving mode, you're in more of a passive place. And she, uh, the, I think the women that I've talked to and, you know, have had experiences with in the past are women, you know, they want you to be assertive. You yes. Know, not to be too right. Like, yeah. But, but they want you, they want you to take the lead. Yep. And, and us nice guys, we tend to be afraid of taking the lead again because we're afraid of being rejected. And so we sit there sort of passively hoping that 
you know, she's going to take the lead. And I think when, when we do that, mm. um, you know, we get upset because she's not doing what we want her to do. Actually, that, that reminds me of a, uh, a time when I was being intimate and this is, you know, after my nice guy recovery. And, uh, so we're intimate, we're having, you know, we're really getting down with it. And I remember we're talking dirty as well, right? So I'm talking dirty. I'm, yeah. Women love this, by the way. And uh, no, <laughs> but I know a lot of women do, right? So we're talking about yeah. it. Yeah. So we're yeah. talking and, you know, it's getting very intense and it's getting very sexual and it's getting arousing. And I'm pushing and I'm pushing. I'm pushing to the edge. And I got to a place where it was too much for her. And then she mm. said, ah, you know what? I don't like that. And mm. so one of the things I, I rem remember before I would have been, oh my God, I said something really bad and I'm really horrible. I'm, I'm wrong for this. Mm. And I would have shut down. Yes. Yeah. I would have shut down because I'm just like, okay, this is bad. I shouldn't dominate. I shouldn't be pushing like this. And, th mm -hmm. and that I remember in the past, that kind of one experience would have just made me very passive. Like you were saying. Yes, mm -hmm. but on this occasion, I kind of realized, okay, you know what? This is what I call the temperature, the buying temperature. I was like, okay, that was too hot to handle. So mm -hmm. it was about turning mm -hmm. it down, as, but like really attuning with the person. I didn't take it personally. That's the reason a lot of, you know, I would have done that before. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, cool. Now we just need to literally cool down a little bit, climatize. And then at some point, if it does, if it feels natural, we'll continue. Yeah. 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 I think that's a great point because it's oftentimes what nice guys tend to do is we tend to get hurt and we shut down and then, you know, it's kind of an all or nothing kind of thing. And, but I think what you did there where you're able to reframe it for yourself in, in the immediate of just like, okay, let's turn the temperature down a little bit here. Um, yeah, it's good. She's letting you know what she wants and what she doesn't want. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah. That, and we had it's we had all about like communicating in that. Yeah. yeah. We we had that conversation Dr. Glover talks about it as well. So I had that, you know, conversation and I keep it to the forefront. Um but we'll definitely mm. dive into that one. All right, so becoming passive. And also nice guys hate tension, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And I felt a lot of tension there. And I felt like, oh my God, I, this is I've done something wrong. But when I realized right. it was just a little bit too much, I eased off, right? So yeah. why do nice yeah. guys hate tension? How And why is it such a bad thing? Well, I think, you know, nice guys get uncomfortable when there's any kind of tension. And, and yet on the flip side of that, tension is something that we need in order to feel excitement and connection and all, you know, so it's, it's kind of like, you know, if you go to a, if you go to a game, a football game or something like that, and the score is, you know, it's a shutout. It's just blow, you know, one team blows the other team away. It's not a very interesting game. But if it's really tight, you know, and it's down to the end and there's overtime or whatever, you know, that that tension that builds in between that is about what's creating the excitement of, you know, seeing, okay, what's going to happen here? What's going to happen here? But Nice guys tend to shut that down. And whenever we kill tension, we're killing the attraction because we, as humans, we need to have some kind of tension, some sort of interplay that, you know, that kind of back and forth uh, flow that happens. 
Um, and if you're just a couch potato and you sit on the couch and eat chips and watch <laughs> Netflix and you know all that, there's no tension. And that's really safe. It's a safe place to be. But it's also not very exciting. Yeah. You know? And so you know, we want to have great sex. And yet we're not really willing to enter into the space of creating a little bit of tension and a little bit of fun and a little bit of banter. A little bit of drama. If a little bit of drama. There has yeah. to. There has to be. I mean, you look at any uh, uh, rom com, romantic movies, right? It's not plain. Mm-hmm. Hey, guy and girl, they they meet together, they have a nice time, and then they get married and they have kids. No, it's not like that. You know, they meet the guy. There's always kind of some kind of problem. There's conflict. There's some kind of like uh, something that pulls right. them, something that pulls them together, and then at some point in the movie. Early on, there's something that you know mm-hmm. pushes them away, to, and then they fight to come back together, and that's most yeah. of the, yeah. the the kind of the journey, romantic journeys, and you see that in, in the books as well, you know, erotic mm-hmm. books. Brings them together, mm-hmm. pushes them away. So there is tension. I call it, um, mm. for example, when you're driving a car, uh, as a tire grips the tarmac. The more grip there is, the faster the car goes around corners and the more thrilling and the fun that it is. Imagine a Formula mm-hmm. One racing or any kind of motor racing. If they had no traction, they'll be just going off, off the place. Right? It won't be yeah. exciting, it won't yeah. be thrilling. So nice guys avoid mm-hmm. tension and that kills section attraction and chemistry. Yeah, sure. Reason number three oh. is a big one and that's sexual shame. You know, and sexual shame leads to things like performance anxiety. It leads to things like um, you know, uh, feeling bad after having sex. Um, it feels sexual shame leads to feeling bad for not having sex. Um, and it's really at the core of the nice guy. The nice guy's belief is I'm not okay just the way that I am. I'm not lovable, acceptable the way that I am. And that is shame. The difference between shame and guilt is guilt is I did something that I need to correct. And shame is there's something wrong with me. I am the thing that's wrong. And a lot of nice guys that I've worked with, myself included, we carry a lot of sexual shame. And I think it would be a good point to kind of bring up here as well is that, you know, when we're talking about good sex, You need to have two healthy people in a relationship in order to have good sex. And a lot of times nice guys get into relationships with uh, individuals and partners who have sexual trauma in their background, they have sexual abuse in their background, um, and they haven't worked through it. They haven't done the work necessary to kind of heal in those areas. I think a lot of times that's nice guys. We have sexual trauma in our background um, and we haven't healed from that as well. I know some of the clients I've worked with in the past, you know, they will have an experience where, you know, they're having a difficult time, maybe, in, you know, with a, with a partner or a new partner or something like that. And then the partner gets angry with them or, and, and that just kind of creates within, in them, you know, more of that shame. And then that tends to show up when they are with a new partner or something, you know, is that, oh my gosh, it's going to happen again. And she's going to reject me. And, I, I've heard that type of story mm-hmm. uh, multiple, multiple times with the, the guys that I work with, that there's some sort of sexual trauma that they've experienced um, that is creating their own disconnect in 
being able to bring their own, you know, their, their, their presence to, to that yeah. sexual experience. So the idea of, you know, I'm not good enough. I'm not big enough. I don't last long enough. I last too long. You know, all of those kind of things come into play and then we don't really enjoy, enjoy sex. I think another thing is a lot of the nice guys I've worked with have some kind of uh, belief system or really either they grew up religious or they grew up in a family system where, you know, sex was uh, maybe sex wasn't oh, talked about yes. or sex was shameful, you know, in those ways, sex was bad or, you know, and, um, and so that just kind of adds to that sexual shame of, okay, there must be something wrong with me because I want to have sex. You know, it's not talked about. Did you ever find it that it, it's not talked about? It's not. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't have that parent conversation. Uh, you know, my, my parents didn't co- uh, talk about sex and sex. Anything related with sex was like, in my family was like, no, we don't talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. we don't. We... Yeah. We don't talk about it or it's, you know, the only reason you have sex is to have children or that, you know, you don't have sex until you're married. Yeah. Um, but it, it becomes a thing because it's not talked about. And you know, when you're a teenager and you're going through, you know, hormones and body changes and all that kind of stuff. And you're just like a big ball of sexual energy and it's not talked about, you know, the conclusion that you come to is there must be something wrong with me. Right. Okay. It does. And, and you have all of these emotions and feelings and you're thinking, well, I can't internalize them. I can't, uh, you know, make sense of them. There is no one to talk about to make sense of them. You know, you, of course, when you're a teenager, you have questions and you end up going at the wrong places for those questions. So I can see that in my, in my, especially in my culture as well. You don't talk about yeah. it. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's only baby making. So one of the, I think one of the things. <laughs> only missionary sex this really <laughs> that's what it was missionary sex that's right it. lights off yeah. boom let's talk about reason number four which is too much porn and masturbation i talk about shame right there we're going to talk about masturbation and porn you know there's a there's a lot of shame around those two areas but there's also a problem with those two things and that they add to you know a settling for bad sex this is a. What's your experience around this with maybe uh, the guys that you work with, or even your own experience? Yeah, for, well, I'll, I'll cover both sides as well. So this was a huge problem, and you know when when you keep something hidden, dark, right? This is what shame is. Shame is about you know the belief I'm not you know good enough, and what shame thrives on, what shame grows on is darkness and secrecy. And there's a lot of secrecy around porn, masturbation, and sexual desires. And for a lot of the guys, that's what they did was they kept it very quiet because they don't want to be caught or seen. And for me, that was the same thing. I, you know, I went towards porn and mm-hmm. it was something I did on a regular basis, my porn and masturbation. And it consumed me, and it and I noticed that it was wasting a lot of my time, a lot of my energy, my focus, and I didn't realize it was a problem. It was something that I thought I got a pleasure out of it. I just did it. I never saw it as a problem, mm-hmm. 
But all I did was I felt guilty about it. And I, and at point, I thought, okay, this is wasting a lot of time. But then there was another part of me that was like, okay, well, it's a pleasurable thing. I'm enjoying it. I enjoy the porn. I enjoy the masturbation. But there was like a, a double-edged sword, guilt and then pleasure. I think another thing that can happen with porn and masturbation is it starts to set sort of like false expectations, but also false comparisons. You know, if you're comparing oh, yeah. yourself to the guy in the porn uh, movie, you know, or, uh, you know, the, the way that women operate, you know, it gives you a false idea of what sex is and what sex is about, which then creates anxiety in yourself of, well, if I'm not a porn star, if I'm not having sex like this, there must be something wrong with me. Mm. Um, or that, you know, women should be a certain way, like the way that I see them in the, you know, in, in the porn videos and things. Um, but it also tends to screw with our neurochemistry <laughs> uh, and our ability to connect with yeah, to connect with um, other people and our partners. Because when you're, um, you know, sex is when you have an orgasm. It's one of the times that you have a, a neurochemical, a hormone called oxytocin, is released, and that's the chemical that we call it the love chemical. It's the it's the thing that makes you feel bonded to another person. Mm -hmm. And if your brain is continuously having sex with people that you don't know, or just these images on the screen, you stop producing that oxytocin. So, because, and, and so when you do have a partner, it's much harder to attach to that partner yeah. and feel secure and safe with that partner because your brain isn't, used to producing the oxytocin that it would be if you weren't having sex with, you know, and in, in the brain's mind, you know, thousands of people. Right. So it's a, and it's an important aspect of, uh, the way that I'm going to create a relationship that is successful in the future is that I have to be able to attach. And in order for me to attach, I have to have this chemical oxytocin. And when we have sex with um, you know, fewer people or one, one person, then we're able to attach to that person. Otherwise, is it becoming mechanical? Is that what it is? Because And then it starts to become mechanical. Yeah. And it's just kind of like, yeah, there's no, there's none of that connection. It's just, it's just like a bodily function. It's like a sneeze or something, you know? It's yeah. Like, just, to, yeah. It's, I suppose it's like, it's, it becomes like masturbation sex. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, it's masturbation. Yeah. I've had, and, I've had girls um, really say, you know, sometimes the, when they're guys who's heavy on porn use and masturbation use, you know, he has it very uh, in that disconnected way, but in a very mechanical way. And she doesn't mm -hmm. feel him. Mm -hmm. she, he, she feels like he doesn't care. He doesn't want to connect. He just yeah. wants to use her and then right. be done it. And there's no aftercare. There's no more, uh, you know, yeah. tuning to her what she needs, right. right? He'll either people please, or he'll be really pleasing to her <laughs> and completely disconnect from it. Exactly. Exactly. And, and what porn does oftentimes is it will create the other person as an object. Okay. As opposed to another human being, you know, so this is just something I'm having sex with. You know, I don't have any care about this object that I'm having sex with. I'm just using that. And 
we forget that the person that we're having sex with is a person, a human being, an individual, somebody who has, you know, emotions and thoughts and feelings and um, experiences. And, um, and, and, and when we see somebody as an object rather than a human, then we fail to connect with them. And when we fail to connect, then it just becomes, you know, it's like you might as well be having sex with a chair. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, there's, it is when it becomes very mechanical. There's also, you know, I, I've got work with clients and in their past relationships. What they've had is very, uh, they've had a dead bedroom. And because when they've had a dead bedroom, mm-hmm. what happens is they kind of program in the time to have sex or it'd be like, oh, okay. Well, she kind of feels like it's like an obligation sex, right? Might mm-hmm. as well do this. I know he wants sex. Let's just do it. And he's feeling really crap about it, but he just picks up the crumbs anyway and says, right, this is the best I'm going to get, so I might as well just do this. Mm-hmm. And she's already feeling like, obliged to give him sex, and he's feeling, well, I don't know it happens very often. I don't know how to get this, and now she's offering it. I'm just going to take it. So there's a whole disconnect there. And this is it. This, this, it's just very mechanical and obligated. Well, and I think that's kind of the point of sex is to create connection, you know, because I think that if you think about sex and like if, if we are physical, emotional, and spiritual beings, right, that's the one place that we connect in all three of those places. And that's what creates intimacy. But if you're just connecting on the physical, you know, and not the emotional or spiritual level, you're not getting as much out of sex as you could be if you were really connecting in all three of those areas. And that's what I believe intimacy is. Okay. Sometimes you're in, you're a night out, you're really horny, right? And right, I don't want to do the whining, the dining, the whole thing. You, know, you have your little one night stands because you're horny. Some, you know, and guys, there's a lot of shame around this as well. Like, Oh, don't be a user. Don't be this. Don't, you know, Mm. you're a fuck boy all of these comments that come along mm. there are women right especially when they're so get to a certain age they are as bad as the men they want to just see the guy fuck and just have friends with benefits and gone and and sometimes i i've been in that guy i've left, left there going is that it i feel really used i feel like me and you just hit it and mm-hmm. quit it <laughs> right so I've been on that both side as well, but I know for you know guys when they go more into the masculine side, the primal side, they can be you know sex done. It's not too much, con- you know. There's not they don't always feel that connection, but I mm-hmm. guess when they're mm-hmm. that's more of like a short term mating strategy. When they have long term mating strategies, yeah, the connection, the intimacy has to start to build up for it to mean something. Otherwise, the dead bedroom happens and she starts pulling away. So too much porn, too much masturbation, kills you, leaves you with no desire. And I also see that when it comes to dating. They, the guys don't want to go out dating. The whole point of sex and sexual energy is to get you moving towards the mate, to to create something. When guys just have too much porn and masturbation, they just become very passive and use the internet sometimes to you know DM girls, message girls. Sure. But they're not actually going yeah. out. And they could be using that energy to meet and connect. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's just easier to sit in on the, on the couch than it is to you know, actually go out and create connections. All right. Let's have a look at number five, seeking validation from sex. Yeah, that's a big one. I think, I think, I think guys tend to measure success based on whether or not they're having sex. So sex becomes the goal, right? And the goal then is, well, if I had sex with her, that validates me as a man, right? Um, you know, guys typically, you know, sort of the locker room talk, it's all about bragging. It's all about the conquerors. It's all about that kind of thing. And the reality is, is that it's not the sex that's important. It's the validation that we get from the sex that we find is important. And whenever you give someone the power to validate you, you inadvertently give them the power to invalidate you. So if sex is the goal, because if she has sex with me, then I'm validated as a man. I must be important. I must be, you know, uh, you know, but be macho or whatever. When she doesn't want to have sex with me, then that means the opposite is true. Mm. I'm not okay. And so when we seek sex as a form of approval or a form of, of validation, it's a double-edged sword because if I get sex, okay, that feels really good, but I'm not really thinking about sex. I'm thinking more about like how that makes me feel as, you know, validated. It's a big measuring. It, it is a big, as about to say big measuring tool. <laughs> For guys, it is, right? So when the guys had, when, you know, when you ask, oh, you want, did you go on a date? Yeah. Did you guys, you know, fuck. And for the guys, they want to know like, how many girls have you slept with? How many? It, it is a numbers, numbers. There's, there's, there's a lot of focus on numbers, right? And did you make her right. come? Did she, how many times did you make her come? Right. Yeah, she didn't come. Oh, right. my God, that's it. I'm, right. I'm bad. I'm awful at this. Right. Yeah. Right. That's a lot of yeah. pressure. Yeah. I'm, it's a lot of pressure. And both then it adds back to the sexual shame, which backs to the anxiety, which adds to the bad sex. It is, it is. And, you know, I know there's pressure on both sides because there are some women who take a little bit longer to warm up and and it takes them, it takes them the right environment to have an orgasm, right? It's not mm -hmm. just, just the guy, but it takes them, the guy has to create the situation where she has the orgasm. So she feels pressured and he's going, you know, why isn't she coming so quickly? Some of the other girls may do. I've had partners where some of them, you know, came very quickly and some never. I'm thinking, is it mm -hmm. me? What's wrong with me? <laughs> right. And then she's thinking <laughs> she can feel that from me and she can feel the pressure and there's a tension between it. And because of the shame, there's no conversation about it. And that's, I think you hit it right there. The, the, the key to, the dead bedroom, the key to settling for bad sex is you have to start talking about sex outside of the bedroom. You have to start dealing with your own shame that comes up for you because, you know, well, if I talk about sex, then I might be rejected or she might, you know, might, might complain, those kind of things. But the, the key is in the thing that you're avoiding. And the thing that we avoid probably the most is talking about sex in our relationship with our partner and talking to our partner about the sex that we're experiencing, the sex that they're experiencing, yeah. and really normalizing the conversation 
about sex, similarly to like, you know, if she made, you know, if you made a meal and, and, and like, what do you think of the meal? Oh, it was really good. You know, maybe next time we get out a little bit of this or, or maybe next time we'll put, take a little bit of that out or something like that. Or maybe this would go really good with this. There's no, you know, fear of rejection or anything like that. We're just talking about the, the food that we made. If we could talk about sex at that level where there is no charge to it, instead it's just like, oh yeah, let's talk, let's try that next time. That would be fun. Let's try that. That you know? takes a lot of that. That does take a lot of connection, doesn't it? It takes a lot of it does a lot, yeah. of, a lot of respect for each other and also a lot of open and directness and and being able to take feedback and talking. Yeah, just yeah. I think that's yeah. that. Yeah, kind of like what you were talking about earlier. You know, with that the the woman who's you know said that was too much. It's like instead of shutting down about that, all right? Let's have a conversation about that. You know, let's let's debrief on what's going on for you. I just you know, or you know, you find out you need to find in a whole lot about your partner by having those kind of conversations. Yep, yep. And and that's the, here's what I find is I've been with some girls where they've had sexual trauma in the past. You know, they end up crying, they end up uh, shutting down. And and what would happen was I'm thinking, what's going on here? <laughs> you know, what have I done wrong? It's not necessarily what I've done wrong. It's necessarily sometimes it could be what's, ex- you know, obviously I need to check that in too, but also what's ex- what their yeah. experience is, what they come, you know. What's their experience? Yeah, what they what they come, mm-hmm. they're bringing something to them. And I realized some of the girls that I have been with, they had some kind of sexual trauma in their past that, Mm-hmm. Yeah, came up for them, and and she said when it, when things like have come in the past, the guy didn't know how to handle it. Most guys don't know how to handle right. it, and they take it personally. Right. They get offended by it, right. or they think, "Oh my god, this is something wrong. We can't fix this." So rather mm-hmm. than actually, like you said, having a conversation about it, like adults, they bury underneath mm-hmm. it. You know, they bury it away. That's it. I don't want to talk about it. It's shame. And the next time they approach it, they know there's an issue. But it doesn't get talked about. Absolutely. Well, there's so much here to unpack and so much here, you know, this is, we're just, we're just tapping on the surface here of why nice guys settle for bad sex, but we hope you have enjoyed this podcast about the five reasons why nice guys settle for bad sex. So Faisal, what are we going to talk about on our next show? Well, I don't know. I, I really can't tell you, but I think we should definitely talk about it and, I expect it to be at a certain level and standard for our next conversation. But if it's not done, then I'm going to be upset. I'm going to get angry and I'm going to be bitter and resentful about it. So you want me to know what you're going to talk about, Mm -hmm. but you're not going to tell me what you're going to talk about. And if I show up and I'm not ready, you're going to be angry with me. Yep. That sounds like a covert contract. Let's talk about covert contracts. Covert contracts, everybody. So join us on our next episode. We're going to talk about covert contracts. What are they? Why do we use them? And how do we stop using those buggers in our life? All right. Thanks for tuning in. And we will see you next time on The Nice Guy Show. Until the next time, take care, guys. You've been listening to The Nice Guy Show, the podcast that helps nice guys move past their insecurities and fears into the fullness of their masculine strength and confidence. Be sure to like and subscribe to our podcast and check out the website NiceGuyShow.com for more information on how to connect with Chuck and Faisal. Until next time, keep living your best life.